Hello and welcome to Hands-On Techie Talks, where we talk about all things creation and innovation for kids like you. My name is Danielle Boyer, and I'm a young Indigenous educator, author, and robot maker. And I'm Vinia Gunnashaker, a 13-year-old change maker who loves robots, helping my community, and protecting our environment. It is our 11th episode and also our last episode of the year. We are going to take a break over the holidays and will resume in January with even more awesome episodes. Use this break to study some of your favorite STEAM subjects and to catch up on old episodes. Today we are going to talk with a special guest, Aiden Aird. Aiden is a 21-year-old inventor and social entrepreneur pursuing a mechanical engineering degree at the University of Toronto. For the past six years, Aiden's primary focus has been educating and inspiring the next generation of science and tech leaders through his organization STEM Kids Rock a partnered endeavor with his sister with a focal point on inclusion and fun. To date, they have provided hundreds of free outreach events, sharing their love for science and tech with over 200,000 kids. That's a lot of kids. They are also Guinness World Record winners for a rocket that they invented, and this only scratches the surface. I met Aiden at an engineering event earlier this year. Fun fact, my team and him were actually watching a movie after a day of work, and I fell asleep. So him and one of my team members used my back as a french fry table. That was super rude of them. I even fell asleep before I got to eat my food, and I'm not sure who ate it. Uh, Despite this, we're still friends, and he was kind enough to let us interrupt his busy schedule with our final episode of 2020. Last week, we talked about an upcoming panel that both Danielle and I are doing at 3D Experience World 2021 in February, my very first Q&A panel. I'm nervous. Aiden will also be joining us to talk about all things design. Also, you can follow along with this episode at www.steamconnection.org slash hands-on for a fun activity sheet. Let's meet Aiden. Hi, Aiden. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm really excited to be on the show today. Uh, Thank you for having me, Danielle and Vinia. Before we begin, I think that you're our first Canadian guest. What is something unique about Canada that non-Canadians don't know about? I am honored to be your first Canadian guest. Thank you very much for having me. One thing about Canada that a lot of people don't know is even though we are known for hockey because of all the ice, lacrosse is actually our national sport. I have never met a single person in Canada who plays lacrosse, so it's very cool that it's our national sport. You've never met anyone that plays lacrosse before? Are you really? Not in Canada. Wow. Yeah, it's much, uh, much larger in the States. We all have a lot of overlap on the type of work that we do. We're all students, we all love to design things, and we all care about helping others. My day-to-day usually consists of me packing up robot kits for kids, doing interviews, and answering emails in bed in my pajamas. So, Aiden, tell us about what your day-to-day looks like as a student, entrepreneur, and inventor. In this time that we've entered with coronavirus, I have really changed the way uh, I perceive and experience you know, my day-to-day life as a student inventor. Currently, I'm taking five courses, and all the courses have live lectures online, as well as assignments that are due regularly. So a lot of my energy is taken up by that. But due to the added time that I have from not needing to commute or walk to campus or spend extra time in places that I don't need to spend time uh, due to doing everything in my bedroom, um, there's been a lot of added time that I have to spend on things that I really enjoy. And so that includes inventing and assorted projects. So in between classes previously, when I would have a spare hour and nothing to fill it because I've already eaten, I would just walk around and talk with friends. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is totally great uh, to be able to further yourself on that social front. 
But now I have this new ability to spend that time, you know, booking meetings that I wouldn't normally be able to book, you know, doing things like presenting at times I wouldn't normally be able to present, uh, working on projects in places where I wouldn't normally be able to work on projects. So uh, it's been ideal in many ways, but also very difficult, especially on the front of collaboration. Um, and I mean, this podcast is a perfect example of that, being able to come together in a new way to share thoughts and conversation and help others grow. I think that it can be really difficult kind of living day to day as an inventor, as an entrepreneur, because I think a lot of people don't necessarily know what we do, if that makes sense. Like a lot of people look into the lives of entrepreneurs and they just think it's a very fast paced life where you're always doing really exciting and cool things. But honestly, a lot of the time I'm doing paperwork, I'm answering emails, I'm in meetings, I'm doing phone calls. What's some of the more exciting uh, points of like being an inventor, entrepreneur that you think is really fun and makes you keep on coming back to it? I'd say there definitely are all kinds of elements within the design process, which can be tedious, but balancing that out, there are also some that are very rewarding. So my personal favorites are when I actually get to sit down and solve problems. Um, usually the longest phase is that identifying phase at the beginning of the design process. At least that is for the majority of the pro uh, projects that I do. Um, based off of the amount of time that I have uh, delegated to them, uh, there isn't a lot of iterations that go into creating that perfect model. And so a lot of the time it is identifying what the problem is, really coming to understand that problem. And for me, that is something that's more tedious, less enjoyable. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, emails, that is also always a part of the inventor entrepreneur lifestyle. But my favorite things is when I actually get to sit down, see what these problems are, because I've already done the research and laid them out and have the ability to just contemplate different ways to, you know, go about solving them. And the next step is also another one of my favorites, which is, you know, sitting down and designing and testing, right? All those phases to me make everything that goes into it rewarding and fruitful. And so as hard as it is to sit down and do the research at times, I know that at some point I'm going to be able to sit down and do those things that I really enjoy. When I was younger, I would see my dad design and invent things. And I totally thought the process was like being Iron Man. You know, he's an inventor. He has a really cool workshop. He has robots helping him, right? And I thought that that was the coolest thing in the world. And then I started actually designing things. And I realized how rewarding one it is. It's even more rewarding than having a suit, in my opinion, uh, because I get to use my designs to help people. But I also realized how much time and effort goes into doing things. And it just made me realize that if I want to make change, I have to kind of be involved in every step of the process. And I really just have to be in it 100%. As much as I can't relate to that on a professional level, I also do love designing and solving problems. So um, if you get a chance, uh, I recommend that you try it. <laughs> what is your favorite invention? It can be yours or someone else's. And how do our listeners begin to invent things like rockets or robots? Well, I really like the concept of sharing some other inventions that are not my own, uh, especially ones that I have looked to for inspiration in terms of their complexity and their impact that they've had um, in different fields. So I'd say one that comes to mind, especially moving off the theme of me being Canadian and your first uh, Canadian inventor on the podcast would be the Canada Arm. So Canada has its own space agency, the Canadian Space Agency, CSA, and they are responsible for the creation of the Canada Arm, which is currently part of the International Space Station. And so it was a very important contribution that Canada has brought forth within the past couple decades. So I'd say that that is uh, a great example. Other great examples of some inventions, of course, is uh, Danielle's 20 robot. Um, 
I'd say that anything on that front is uh, really great for helping you become more involved um, in seeing what it even takes to create a robot, uh, especially at um, entry level, like compared to, you know, the Canada arm, there are fundamental things that are really valuable to learn. Uh, I'd say even within your own community or within your own household, trying to identify some problems and coming up with accessible solutions that you could possibly create with other things that you have at home is a really excellent place to start. And you may not look at it and be like, this is a robot because it may be missing uh, the wires or the motors or whatever you typically uh, would associate with it. But at the end of the day, all these big problems are broken down into smaller problems. And so if you can figure out ways to find uh, solutions to these smaller problems that you identify in your household, that's one step closer to identifying and solving a bigger problem in the future using the same types of mechanism or tools uh, that you're learning on the lower level. So one of my favorite inventions is uh, called the Slingshot, and it's by Dean Kamen, and he's the founder of FIRST, which stands for Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology. And Aiden, you and I are both FIRST alumni, which I think is really cool. And Vinya, you're currently on a team right now. The work that Dean Kamen is doing is so awesome. And so his water purification device is something that he created to help people um, purify water in a very inexpensive way. And he actually partnered with Coca-Cola to help make that happen. And I remember I was first introduced to him when I think the documentary on the water purification device came out. I think I was like uh, 12 or 13 years old. And it was so weird just seeing that documentary and then many years later joining First Robotics. That was a very surreal experience. And then getting to meet him a couple of times and talk to him about his inventions. And I just think it's really cool to be able to see uh, people inventing at every single level in their life. And not only are a lot of inventors uh, founders, but a lot of inventors are also educators. And I think that's really, really cool. That is really, really cool. My favorite invention would probably be Spot the Robot um, that was made by uh, Boston Dynamics. Um, I'm a dog person. I don't know about you, but I am a dog person. And Spot is literally just a robot that is a dog. (laughs) (laughs) I love love that that's your reasoning for loving Spot. And honestly, as someone who's into biorobotics and into robots that look like animals... I'm totally for that. I have a gecko robot. I want to build a stingray robot. I think that's the coolest thing. And Aiden actually has a little dog. Yeah, he's a dog that is made of dog. (laughs) What type of dog is your dog? (laughs) Dog. My dog that is made of dog is a Shetland sheepdog. Very fluffy dog. And, And what's your dog's name? His name is Pippin. I love that name. So my dog Pippin, he has an Instagram account at Pippin underscore aired, A-I-R-D. Maybe I should spell Pippin too, P-I-P-P-I-N for all of you uh, interested in Pippin. And so he's actually named after a hobbit in The Lord of the Rings uh, for any really? of those interested. It's a great book and uh, movie. So Aiden, when we met, you were on a design team for a creating a prosthetic hand. Do you think design has the power to change lives? I really do feel that inventions in general, you know, from any sector have the potential to innovate and change the world. You know, even currently, the invention of a COVID-19 vaccine, which is, you know, well on its way by the looks of it, um, can give hope to many people, but also change the lives of many. And so that is just like one example in one sector of how inventions can change the lives of others. So the prosthetic hand that I was working on, and I continue to be working on now, um, really does have the, the potential to get out there and change the lives of people who are in need of a hand, right? There are many children Um, And adults who suffer atrocities that we can't change, but we can support them, you know, in getting through. And so 
personally, that is something that I have tried to work towards, but there are so many difficulties and problems and hurdles that people face all around the world that it is the jobs of us, you know, the youth. I realize I'm a very old youth, but the youth uh, to be able to, you know, target these problems within our lifetime. And by the time, you know, that we can call ourselves adults, it is possible for us to have made some serious changes in the world, right? Changes and, and help the problems that we identify and we see, right? Like this is this is our calling and this is our duty, especially if you feel like you'd enjoy doing something like that. And you have the skills, you have the talent, you know, everything was invented by a person, right? A person with a dream. And so if you feel you could be a person with a dream, you know, why not find that problem and start inventing? A question that I've asked myself a lot is what constitutes an adult, right? And like, what makes an adult? Uh, when are you one? And to answer that, uh, my own question uh, is, I'm an adult when I su can successfully uh, pick up a spider and bring it outside <laughs> without <Okay>. crying. <laughs> so I think that's that's when I'm an adult. And it's not going to be for a long while. That's good. It's important to stay youthful and uh, stay optimistic. Uh, I'm sure there's also many people above the age of 50 who fall into your same category who are thus... Terrified of spiders? Terrified of spiders and maybe can still consider themselves youth. I think when we're young, we tend to try to force ourselves to grow up too quickly. And I think that that's kind of a sad thing because just being your crazy self, I think, is a really like awesome thing. And... Um, it's something that I wish I could have told myself when I was younger. Yeah, I totally agree. There's a lot of joy and optimism in youth that is very easy to put on the back burner as you get older and put aside and prioritize other things. But in the process, you lose, you know, a little bit of yourself. And that's not something that we want for anybody. This sounds so inspiring right now. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and my sister and a team of volunteers go out into the community with a collection of dinosaurs and insects, none of which are alive, but all of which were alive. And we get to take them out into the community and share these beautiful specimens in nature with others. It helps us grow a greater appreciation for the world around us by seeing the science that exists in everything. A lot of the time, we tend to link science to a textbook. And in reality, you know, there was science before there was textbook. The fossils and insects represent the beauty of nature, and all of them come from different places across the world. And it really shows us what we are protecting, especially when you look at the insects, something that are still very much alive and around. You can see the intricate beauty and diversity that comes out in each of the lives of these insects, you know, each of them are given special traits and special characteristics that we teach you about, uh, different tools that they have to survive in different places, you know, climates that are much warmer than probably where you currently live and other ones that are much colder, right? And so they each have to adapt and it really shows us, you know, the beauty and the complexity of nature. Like these are the, the very things we're protecting by being good to our environment, you know, by making eco-conscious choices each day. And so I really do encourage you to go outside and next time you see an insect, just appreciate it. You know, it, it's beautiful. Creation is beautiful. And I think knowing and appreciating uh, the world around us can really help us better understand how to solve our Earth's problems. Uh, for example, problems regarding biodiversity, uh, problems regarding extinction and animals going extinct, problems with climate change, pollution. 
um, once we spend time in our earth and we understand it better, we're able to solve those problems. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I think that your dinosaurs and I think that your bugs and I think your different science aspects kind of opens that up because people are better able to um, understand those problems and to be introduced to it. So I think that's really exciting. Um, when I was younger, I would spend all of my time in our science museum looking at like the woolly mammoth's bones, looking at all of the, like the fish bones. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And so it's really cool that you're bringing that to students all over the place. Well, there definitely is also a historical aspect which comes into play when you're showing both fossils and things that are around today. Um, there are a lot of interesting pieces that we have of different, you know, plants even and plant matter that has become fossilized. And some of them have actually had very uh, great contributions um, to the fields of history and understanding, you know, things such as continental drift, right? Like the continents weren't always separated the way they are. And what's very interesting is we have fossils which exist in places that are completely opposite parts of the world currently, but previously at one time they were connected and were the same place, which is really cool. Uh, and also, you know, just allows us to build our understanding of what science really is. You know, science isn't something that is tied to the textbook or tied to the classroom. It is a fundamental understanding of our world and the history of this world. Um, I especially think it's important to learn about our environment in this day and age because this is something we're going to have to, you know, grow protecting and we have to step up to the plate and start doing things to change the environment. We're going to definitely experience a point of no return within the following years. And um, I think it's really important to learn about the environment, definitely. And that's why I think it's really important to learn about the environment. I totally agree. And um, learning a bit about like how robots can um, mimic different aspects of our world, like uh, dogs and Spot or um, like a Stingray robot. Or I'm really interested in uh, like a goat robot. I think that would be really, really cool. Kind of like Spot, but it can go up steep surfaces on like mountains and things. Learning more about our environment also helps us to create cool solutions in even the most ridiculous ways. And I think that's a really, really special thing. Um, but as you know, environmental innovation has been a consistent theme for this season. We believe that it's so important to learn about. And Aiden, I was wondering, how do you foster a love for our Earth and your students? And how could our listeners do the same at home? I really do encourage everybody to go outside and just appreciate nature. You know, appreciate the things that surround us that we often just look past because we're used to seeing them. You know, notice the beauty of nature and how everything coexists and is very symbiotic, you know. There are many lessons that we can take, especially on the front of symbiosis, which is like how nature helps one another. You know, it's not always a one thing eats another type world. Like there's a lot of beneficial systems in which one thing helps another thing and in turn that thing helps the original thing. So I think we can all learn from that and really go back into our lives, you know, and better coexist with one another, you know, regardless of our differences. Because if animals of completely different species, you know, that don't think or act the same, are able to live together in perfect cohabitation, you know, why can't we? I think that that is an amazing point, and I totally agree. I often have to uh, work on get, just getting outside and appreciating our beautiful earth and our nature. Um, often, as Vinny and I have talked about in previous episodes, that's actually like a resolution we have for the upcoming, um, as we say, like birth year. Um, to kind of focus on going outside more, enjoying things, going to the park more, um, just spending more time outdoors. And I think that that is a really important thing for us to do. 
And um, I know when we were recording like a couple months ago, we were in the park and we, we told each other like, this is the first time we've been in a park in months and months and months. And at the time I was like, girl, you're 12 years old. You should be going outside and enjoying the park and loving it outside. And I just think that those things are so, so important. And so having that reminder, Aiden, is kind of like a consistent theme we've had within the season. And so it's good to be reminded of that. I also think that's very important. Um, uh, in this new norm, as Aiden mentioned earlier, it's very important to actually um, learn about things that we wouldn't have in this quarantine time period. Um, without, I know that without this quarantine time period, I wouldn't have learned a lot of things about myself that are very important to um, growing and having a growth mindset for me. So it's important to look at the best in things, I would say. I totally agree because there's just so much, uh, I think, negativity in a lot of our world, especially if you're into environmental activism and you're into solving the problems you see in your community. Sometimes you focus a lot on the different problems. And there are times that while that's a beautiful thing and solving problems is uh, just an amazing part of our abilities as humans, it's also um, can be sometimes too much for us. Sometimes we need to take a bit of a break and take a step back and just appreciate things. And that's uh, a lesson I need to remind myself of every single day. Thank you so much for joining us today, Aiden. We will see you all next year. Bye, everyone. Even though the podcast is taking a break, my nonprofit and organization host of this podcast, The Steam Connection, is not taking a break. We have fun robotics resources and free materials on our website at www.steamconnection.org. We'll also be teaching free Steam courses over the next few weeks. Be sure to sign up. Be sure to check out these resources. I really encourage y'all to get more involved. And doing so through the Steam Connection is accessible, easy, and you're halfway there already. So take a look into 20 and see how you can get involved and how you can maybe get your hands on one yourself.